Um, it, it's interesting um, how you mentioned that, that you know, God is sending you out. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was just uh, reading through the Gospels, and uh, I came across this one scripture, this statement by Jesus, and it just... It just kind of stuck in me, camped with me, and and I, I was just thinking about it for a couple of weeks, over and over, and and so, you know, I was okay. This week's the week for this message, and and then you guys asked if you could uh, um, present, and I think as you see the message unfold about being sent, <laughs> I mean, God, like you're saying, He's, he's on the throne. He sees all that's going on. He knows the end from the beginning, and it's just amazing. So um, I'm I'm believing and hoping that everybody's faith will be strengthened a little bit today between this testimony and and how it stretches into uh, God's Word here. Uh, But before I reveal the uh, scripture that God gave me, um, I want to just kind of ask you some questions to be thinking about. Uh, while we're going through the message. And the first one might be, what holds you back in going out and sharing your faith or evangelizing or witnessing? Uh, Is it possibly a lack of confidence? Uh, Is it possibly rejection, the fear of rejection? You know, not everybody is going to receive our message when we go out. And I, I love how you had those three groups of people, because um, that's that's real real world. That's where we're at. So, what about? Would you feel more confident going out if you had a a badge or a name tag or maybe a business card? Um, you know, would, would you feel like you had a little more authority or more of an assignment or a calling? Uh, another question would be, what validates your office or your standing when you attempt to carry out Jesus' commands? And that, you know, being going out and loving others, loving the, our neighbors and helping them. Ever notice how a uniform communicates authority? That person is acting in the name and authority of that organization and the power it has, whether it be a policeman, uh, a doctor. um, You know, throughout a whole society, people have uniforms that kind of communicate to you immediately. You know, oh, this is why they're here, what they do, and the authority that they carry. Um, another example, what about when you see a priest with a white collar? I mean, you automatically know who he's, who he's representing, where he's from, and this authority that he has been given and carries. And we're all familiar with the risen Jesus said to us. Go out and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command, and lo, I will be with you through 
all ages, through the end of the age. So we've all been assigned to go out and do and speak and share. But what symbol of authority do we have that, you know, that just makes us feel confident when we go out? I mean, who, who are we? Who are we? Um, what badge or name tag or uniform do we carry with us when we go out to evangelize and share the gospel? What credentials do we have? Do we have to have a degree or any specific credentials? Well, in answering that question, let me say first that we are the sent ones. <coughs> We're the sent ones. Um, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. If you'll turn with me to John 13, this is kind of the beginning of many verses answering this question. John 13, verse 20. And Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. Wow. There is our authority. There is our credentials. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have those wedding garments on. We have those wedding clothes on. God sees them. I mean, other people may not see them. I think those that are in Christ... Uh, the only Holy Spirit dwelling in us will see them, but unbelievers aren't necessarily going to see them. But we have those on. Uh, Adrian, um, back a couple months ago, uh, and one another time, gave a little uh, testimony on that from uh, her Bible study about the man that was invited to the feast. He was in there, and, and the master came around and said, you don't have your wedding clothes on. Get out of here. So um, it, it's a, a real thing. What about when we go out, <coughs> we're going out in the name of. Jesus says, go out in my name. Go out in the name of. And that is the authority that we have. Of very God in heaven. He has given us that authority. Not everybody believes in God. Not everybody accepts that authority. But we need to understand we've been given that authority. Go out. And we are bearing the fruit of the Spirit. We're bearing the fruit of the Spirit. People should see in us something a little different, different than the world. Maybe, maybe they've known you for a long time and they've seen you go from darkness to light. And they, they know something's different. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. So, I have a few questions. Um, you know, why is Jesus making this statement that we just read? Why is he saying this to the disciples? Uh, well, again, Jesus knows the future in the present and, and even from the past. And he knew that the disciples were going to need the encouragement to go out and preach Jesus. He knew that. He, he knew what they were going to be facing. And uh, 
let's dig in a little bit more. You're in John. Turn back to chapter 5. And we'll start with verse 18. John 5, beginning with verse 18. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, I truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Wow. This statement gives us confidence and empowers us in the name of Jesus. We go out in his name. We're acting on behalf of God. I mean, that that's a heavy responsibility, but what a great joy. What a great joy. Um, we know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through me. Well, we're talking about being sent. How does Jesus send us out? How does the Father send us out? Well, we just read that he says go. So he says go in his word. So we get our assignment from reading the word of God. But also, the Spirit of God speaks to us. And we, we hear him speaking to us, whether it be audibly, which is not the most common way, but spiritually, um, when we're praying, when we're, we're reading the Bible, and we could be just reading any old scripture, and all of a sudden, boom, we're hearing the message go. I'm sending you. Where does he send us? Where does he send us? He's, he prepares a need, the place for us, the place that has the need of the message, the place that has the need, the people that have the need for the love and the grace that God sends through us to carry out to them. So he, he sends us, but he also prepares the people and the, and the place and the, and the circumstance that has the need. Well, who does, does he send them to? Well, often we'll be sent to other believers to help and encourage them. But also, we're sent to non-believers who need to hear the gospel. And when we, when we go, we don't necessarily know 
when we're going, how many believers, non-believers, what, what the mix is going to be. We just have to be faithful to go and faithful to speak. Well, we know that Jesus said, I came not for the healthy and the rich and the righteous. I came for the sick, the lost, the broken, the needy, as we all were. And that's who he sends us to. Well, what does receive mean? When Jesus says, he who receives me receives the Father who sent me. What does receive mean? Well, it means that the person accepts the person coming, the person that's sent, with the message of Jesus and internally receives it as evidenced by belief. So we know somebody received the message when we see that acceptance of the gospel and they believe. They believe with their heart and they speak with their mouth. They proclaim it. They testify. Um, Jesus also said, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Well, when we're sent, what do the sent ones do? What do the sent ones do? They communicate the gospel or they join in on an existing work. A lot of times we're sent to places where God's already at work and we just help and encourage and, and join in on what's being done. We go, we make disciples, we teach others to learn and obey Jesus' commands. Jesus said this, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus also said, Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who was sent. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. That's the hope that we have. So again, who sent Jesus? God, the Father in heaven, sent him. And Jesus said himself, I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Well, why did God, why did the Father send him? To redeem the world, to buy them back to the Father. He came, Jesus came to reveal the invisible God to humanity. And he said that those who hear and believe have passed from death to life. And isn't that what you've just described? Um, and you went through it physically, spiritually. So, why is receiving the Father important to us? Well, what Jesus is trying to communicate to us is that faith must be in the Father, Son, and the Spirit. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Not only one or two, but all. We can't take a drink and, and drink it and say, I really like this drink, but I don't like something in it. That makes sense. Um, 
You, you, in the same way, you can't say you love God, but you don't love Jesus, or you don't acknowledge Jesus. We, God is God, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. You can't break them up. The, the message is the same, and there's no divergence between any of them, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. They all say and do what the Father is doing in heaven. Turn with me uh, to Luke 10. So just go back one book to Luke 10. Luke 10, we're going to start with verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him to into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Please pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. Go your way, and behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. So his point here in describing this is don't be self-sufficient. Don't carry you know, everything you need on your back. Uh, don't, don't drive your U-Haul trailer behind you. Uh, you know, don't even bring an extra pair of sandals. And, and don't greet anyone on the way. What do you... He's not saying uh, ignore everybody, but in the Middle East, the Jewish vernacular, if you greet someone, it's not just a, hey, how you doing? Good, okay, see you. No, it, it's an event. It takes some time. And if you were greeting everybody along the road, you'd never get there. Um, verse 5. Verse 5, thank you. <laughs> I was getting Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, if once you're welcome in, stay there. Minister there. Use that as your home base. Uh, verse 8. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Oh, you may not like it. <laughs> but remember, you're in ministry. You'll survive. <laughs> eat those Brussels sprouts. <laughs> verse 9. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your own, of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. So you see, Jesus knows we're going to be rejected from time to time, maybe even most of the time. And he's just saying, you know, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move on to the next place that I send you, the next set of people 
and I'll be working on preparing them for you. Uh, verse 12, I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, in other words, Tyre and Sidon was considered to be an evil place, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you shall be brought down to Hades. Verse 16, and this is the, the punchline. This is the killer right here. To the one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. So you see that authority that we're given? And he's comforting us. Yeah, some people are going to reject the message that you're bringing. But don't take it personal. They're rejecting me, not you. So we should be going out with confidence and accepting the fact that not everybody's going to uh, have a kumbaya moment. <laughs> you see, we have this divine office in what we've read today. So, there's a promise and there's the outcome. And the promise is accept and believe the gospel and the outcome is we become children of God. Uh, John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's a spiritual birth. Um, Jesus said in John, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's what people should see in us when we come. When we approach them, we ask, what credentials do we have? What uniform do we have? We have the light. The light of God. The light of life. Um, and not all will receive. And in John, Jesus says, I have come in my Father's name. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you receive him. So, you know, people will receive messages that come that are just uh, socially acceptable. Um, Feel-good messages. Scripture says it tickle our ears. You know, things that we want to hear. But Jesus wants us to hear about him. You know, the gospel. Um... That person who's coming in some other name does not have this divine authority that we've been talking about. Uh, Jesus also said, He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word which I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. So, God asked Isaiah, Whom shall I send? And he said, here am I, send me. And, you know, I think our question today is, 
You know, Jesus has said, go. And whom shall I send? Are we raising our hand and say, yeah, send me. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, gather around and pray for one another.